0: All right, you guys are in for a treat today, something different than you're used to here on the show, because I am bringing a plethora of speakers that have a couple of things in common. Of course, their faith in Jesus is the ultimate, and that creates the synchronicity that has brought them now to this second thing that they have in common, which is sharing a stage. And you're likely a speaker in and of your own right, and you have something inside of you that you want to vocalize. And so all of these speakers are coming with an intention to to equip, to serve, and to show up boldly so that you too can do the exact same thing in a place that is often, you know, Different and a place that is often being shook when it comes to business and it comes to sharing our faith in business. It's ultimately a movement of mission driven leaders founded in Christ, and the conference is called the Founder Con. If you have yet to hear about this, maybe you've been hiding under a rock because it's been essentially three years in the making. It was originally called Grow Your Business for God's Sake, and we are still doing the exact same thing now under the nonprofit The Founder Collective. So if you have a business or you raise your hand to having a ministry either or they're kind of the same that's the ultimate business tree we are calling all of these marketplace ministers you included community builders content creators pastors managers executives movement makers authors speakers entrepreneurs to the table. And we are going to be sharing an incredibly intimate experience while also a virtual conference. So I say intimacy because intimacy comes in community and it comes in connection and depth and vulnerability, but it's going to be a party. Okay, y'all. I love a party. I love surprises. I love excitement. And so today, the plethora of people that you're going to hear from, they're going to tap into what exactly they're going to be sharing on stage. And I'm going to be kind of like a narrator, you know, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson always plays the role of God. Uh, Over top of movies, I do not sound like Samuel L. Jackson, I totally understand, but I'm going to narrate the process so you get to know a bit more about them, and then you get to hear from them firsthand. So do not stop now just getting started by introducing you to some of this year's FounderCon speakers. They're going to bless you. They're going to equip you. They're coming from a lot of different lenses in order to teach you, but ultimately, it's not about them just sharing their testimony. This is a movement conference. This is an action-taking conference. You are going to leave with, yes, step one, yes, step two, and you're going to know how it's going to truly transform the lives of the people that you're connected to based on how you integrated it into your component of business, whatever that is, ministry, businessry, right? All right, we're all on the same page now, so let's get started. Oh, and before you wait any longer, seriously, pause right now. Go to www.thefoundercon.com. Don't forget the, thefoundercon.com. And get your ticket because it's going to go fast. We only have a reserved number of seats in the room. There'll be 200 in the room, 2,000 online. Let's go. We've got MCs both for the virtual arena. And so you can get a virtual ticket too if you can't join us in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 10th and 11th, 2023. We cannot wait for you to be there. Stay tuned for all the details and get to know the speakers right now.
1: Are you deprived, perhaps discombobulated, maybe even distracted? You want more from life, from relationships, from God. Whether you're in a season searching for purpose or perhaps know your purpose, but feeling lackluster or lost in the execution of it, this podcast was created for you. In fact, this isn't just a podcast, it's a movement, and we're on a mission to find the lost, welcome them in, and launch them into their greatest destiny, fully found in Him and founded on the rock. This is a table for a multitude of marketplace ministers to come together for fresh revelation, resources and revival. Get ready to catch the fire and live fully free, fully found. This is the Founder Collective.
0: Okay, if I was with you, I'd be like rubbing my hands together and like so excited for what's to come because the four men that we are featuring today for the show, I was realizing have a little bit of overlap. Um, I don't know where that is other than that. They're all created by the same creator and he's using them for his glory. And so I know that this first Speaker who is also referenced as the tattooed preacher, Aaron Davis, is going to blow your mind. Okay. And I'm probably going to want to say that about every single person, but I want to be authentic and transparent and on the spot with you guys. So you know my heart for these individuals because I believe having a stage of any sort, having an event of any sort, even inviting people into your home. To hear someone speak and to recommend a book or to recommend a podcast, right? You are essentially saying that I trust this person and I also trust this person with you as the listener, as the audience, as the learner, uh, that they have integrity, that they have vision, that they're connected to the father, most importantly. And Aaron Davis is totally that. From the first time I met him, literally brooming a, a corridor at our last conference, I had zero idea of his body. And it didn't matter because his, his servant heart literally shined through everything. And by the end of the weekend, he was a part of just literally like a traveling healing ministry that was happening without my even knowledge initially. And then it came to light and I was just like, wow, God, look at what you're doing here. So let me tell you a little bit more about him. He is a multiple best-selling author. He is going to be sharing about the fivefold ministry and how do you operate in your gifts as an entrepreneur in your workplace every single day. And so he's going to unlock some of those. One of my favorite reads is Quantum Christianity, so you have to get that. I actually prefer the audible version, um, but it is wildly impactful and it opens your eyes to things where the blend of science and religion can get murky, but the blend of science and Jesus, who is a creator, does not. And so, uh, I'm just really pumped to have him on the experience with us, and for you guys to have an immersed opportunity with a truly servant, healing heart for God's children. So, in tune in, to Aaron Davis.
2: It's seeking first. You know, uh, if you read uh, Matthew six thirty three, I was reading it this morning in the. Uh, the Passion Translation, and uh, and, it, and it's talking about when you seek first the kingdom of God and right standing with Him, then that's when everything else is added. That's but it's it comes first in seeking first His and the kingdom. When you when you break down the word kingdom, it's God's way of being and doing. God's way of being and doing, and so if you're seeking first God's way of being. And doing, then everything else will be added. And so, you know, I I spent so much time seeking God's way of being and doing in my own power, not through the grace of God. I spent, you know, I, I I was thirty-five years old as a a pastor of so many years, still struggling with the same sins that I struggled with when I was eighteen. And it shouldn't have been that way, you know. It's like, and you know, on my face, God, I messed up again. I'm. I, When am I going to learn this thing? And the problem was, there's nothing wrong with the discipline as you were just talking about. There's nothing wrong with the law. You know, Jesus came to fulfill the law. But the problem was, I was trusting in my disciplines. I was trusting in the guardrails that I placed. Uh, uh, You know, well, if I don't do this and I do this and I do this and I make sure that all these things are in place, then if I lose control, I won't go over the cliff. But the problem is, is you know to, to 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 quote the old cliche and the song Jesus take the wheel yeah. i wasn't i wasn't submitting my life to his grace yeah i was doing everything that i knew to do except seeking first god's way of doing and being which is resting in his grace to recognize that he has he's the one who empowers me to to to, to have the in any power that i have over sin is not in my own power it's it's in his blood my righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of a holy god and so i don't get that by being good jesus didn't become uh, uh sin by doing sin i don't become righteousness by doing righteousness i am the righteousness of god through christ jesus and that and 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 i can't boast in that and it's crazy Tamara, because as soon as i submitted to that grace stand. As soon as I recognized that I'm I'm going about this the wrong way, I'm putting the cart before the horse. As soon as I realized that I needed to find my strength in his grace, as soon as I, as I acknowledged truthfully, not from a head place, but from a heart place. For years, I knew that I was saved by grace through faith. It wasn't of me. I knew "Quote unquote," But I wasn't experiencing it because, I, because in my mind, I was still justified by everything that I was doing and not by the finished work of the cross. And I'm telling you, there was something that clicked in me. And as soon as it did, those things that used to have power over me, overnight, Tamara, I'm not kidding, overnight, didn't have the power that it used to have. It was a miraculous thing.
0: Mm, 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 mm. If y'all aren't taking notes and just sitting in this moment with us, I am... I need you to start over <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast. If you're live, you can't start over. But if you're listening to the podcast, start over because these were things that took Aaron and myself decades to learn, decades to learn. For me, it's been something that's been a constant pursuit over the last seven years and it was after the conference, Aaron, that I sat in the living room with the, I call them the family founders, the people who were a part of the, the first movement. They were a part of my part of my salvation story, uh, truthfully, and a part of the evolution ever since then, that God has equipped you. He's equipped you with an army around you. And if that army is not connected to him, then let's get a new army. <laughs> we're here for you. Let's, let's hang out. But they, he equipped me with an army, with people with the body of Christ before I knew I was going to need them. And there was these two people that just actually got engaged at the conference who have since been married that were sitting and they're always quiet watch out for the quiet ones. Okay. Aaron was a quiet one at this conference until he wasn't, (laughs) and then he's really loud and I love him so much for it. Um, but there are the quiet ones that are always sitting in the corner. And yet I know that they have weapons that I haven't quite understood. One of which was this power of understanding of the power of Christ associated to healing, uh, connected to the angelic connected to, um, the, the glory and, They convicted me in this moment. They said, Tamara, you've been on this pursuit of understanding God's glory, and I need you to hold space for what God is trying to teach you after this weekend. He said, I want you to stand in the mirror, and I want you to listen to this, this glory song over and over until you can understand that the glory that you're looking for on the outside actually dwells in you, that you are glory. And you said this, you said, I am the righteousness of God. And I i had never understood that until I did this activity. And the same thing unlocked in me yesterday morning when a pastor by the name of Curry Blake, who has a, a global healing ministry, he told me in a, in, a, in a service that I was not connected to. I was just like a fly on the wall in something he trained people up in through the same two people, that same couple who gifted me this like drive. I keep calling it the drive because it sounds like really mysterious and that's exactly what it is. It's super mysterious to me. It's this process of healing, this understanding of what healing is. He said, you'll never understand the process of becoming until you be, because be is the part of become, right? And kingdom come based on the king." The king is the precursor of that, the being, not the doing. The doing comes after you be, and the healing comes after you've been healed. When you've had a relationship with the one who is healing you, he then operates out of you because of the glory, because of the righteousness, not because of anything that we did, but because of what he's done, kingdom will be. And so I am like mind blown. I'm like so grateful. I'm emotional. I'm a big baby. And you operate from this well every single day because of that knowledge. And I think for the listeners who are seeking out something more in Christ. Mm, So good, right? Told you you'd love it. There's so much more where that came from. It's so hard to capture even what they're going to be sharing on stage or the essence of who they are in such a short period of time. But we're going to try and do it again. And remember how I told you there's a bit of symmetry here? This is another tattooed pastor. So the tattooed preacher was first. Now we've got the tattooed pastor. He doesn't refer to himself as such, so don't brand him. It's Andrew F. Carter. He has an incredible ministry. He actually spoke. I actually interviewed him. Let's put that more accurately, because I felt so terrible afterwards. I had a gnarly tickle in my throat from speaking probably all weekend, and I felt like I was trying to hinder myself from coughing the entire time. And it was, for me personally, so distracting I'm prayerful that there was an impact. And I know there was connections made because he is a brother for sure and a part of this community's heartbeat. And even though he lives on another coast, he's going to be flying in. His bride will hopefully be there if possible. She is expecting. So she might not be in. But regardless, he shared about his prison to pulpit transformation. And the testimony associated to that, he was a long-standing entrepreneur in the fitness and health industry and has since every single day um, in the last, I think he's, gosh, I can't even count, maybe 500, maybe 600 days. He has gone live at 5.30 a.m. every single day, Pacific Standard Time. So 8.30 our Eastern Standard Time. And he has grown his ministry and his marriage in the process. He's got children and he's got the other one, like I mentioned, on the way. And it's been absolutely amazing to see the favor of God on his life because of his obedience, surrender, and sacrifice, and showing up, right? That's a huge element of who he is, is he consistently shows up, and Christ does that for us, and so he really, truly emulates who Jesus is, and I am so excited for you guys to get to know him and to be in his presence, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear what he shares during his keynote, his keynote instead of a Q&A uh, this year. So give it up for my brother Andrew F. Carter and check him out on all the platforms because he's got a lot to teach. And so now like it's just our calling to continue to activate and share and show up. So what would you say uh, is like the starting point for where you felt like you're calling and you had the shirt on as we were doing the promo trailer of saved. Like what did that storyline look like? When did you get saved and know that you were meant for something more?
3: Man, it's uh I think I was 17 when I first heard um the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, that was the the very first time and when I had an experience with the Holy Spirit. Um but, you know, <laughs> I took that with a grain of salt. Like it was life-changing, it was eye-opening, but uh, you know, after that, I went back to my normal ways. So, um I didn't have a really good understanding of Jesus and and walking with him in a relationship until my early 20s, about 23 or so.
0: Wow. Okay. And so, did you feel like that point that you were like running, or did you already know that you were deposited? Was there
3: curiosity
0: in the, that season from between seventeen and twenty-three?
3: You know, uh, my, my background is that uh, you know I grew up in in a very I'm trying to think of a good word, a wild home, man. My my parents were drug addicts and, um, you know, my, my mother was a prostitute for a lot of my life, my younger life. So, I mean, I've seen uh, a lot of crazy stuff. So when I was 17 years old, I had lived the life of an adult by that point. Um, you know, I started drinking and doing drugs when I was 12, having sex, like the life that I lived at 17, I felt like, I was 45 years old. I had seen a lot. And so, um, after, you know, having this experience with Christ, um, it was hard to break the habits. I had so many poor behaviors and ideas and ideologies and all of these things that I had grown with. And so really from 17 until, you know, 23 or so, it was, it was hard. I was in trouble. I was, I went to jail several times. Like, um, there was this, there was this wrestling between my flesh and what I knew. And then this new light that was shined of like, Hey, the stuff that you've been doing is wrong. And I was like, what? It hasn't been like, this is what I grew up to. Like this this is normal. Um, in my scope of life and experience, you know, and now you're telling me that this is sin. Like, what is this? So it was, it was hard.
0: Yeah. That's such a process. Was it like conviction? Did you feel like one by one? Cause I too didn't necessarily get raised. I wouldn't say it was a non-Christian home and I definitely wasn't in the same situation as you, but when you are newly prompted by not only the word, the concept of worship, other people who are walking a different path than you, there's this, there was a curiosity for me, but that conviction was definitely hit home harder where I felt, you know, I, I felt the guilt and the shame and I knew that there was a component of this is what I'm called to live, how we're called to live. What was that conviction process? Was it one by one or like a drastic life shift?
3: Yeah, it was, it was one by one. It was small and it started with like just smoking cigarettes. So smoking mm-hmm. cigarettes started, you know, uh, I, I had a kid when I was 19 and I, uh, it, there was this weird situation where I was smoking cigarettes and then holding the baby and then it didn't feel right. And so that happened. And then it was like smoking weed and then it was drinking. It was just like one by one the things that used to bring me joy. And there was just like, it was just a part of life. Now there was this weird guilt and this shame and this, this feeling that it didn't feel the same. And after that, that the time that I experienced Christ at 17, nothing was the same after that. Like no wow. experience, sex, drugs out, none of it, none of it. Wow. In-
0: and was that 17 year old experience in a church or where were you?
3: It was in a car. So uh, uh,
0: of course it was in a car. This it was is so good.
3: <laughs> The story of I'm always on the move, but, uh, you know, the, the, the woman, I was trying to date a girl from high school and, um, her brother was this, this new born again Christian. He was a couple years older than us. And he said, uh, I was, I was at her job and he pulled up and he was like, Hey, let me talk to you. I was like, what's up. And he's like, if you want to date my sister, you have to be a Christian. And I was just like, whatever, dude, you know, I'll, I'll be whatever you want to call me. (laughs) We sat in his car for an hour. And he told me about, you know, the Holy Spirit, the death, burial and resurrection of Christ. Like he broke it down for me. And at the end, I said the the Lord's Prayer. You know, I, I, I guess you could say I was saved. Uh, you know, the veil was torn away. But like I said, I mean, that same night I went home and, and still smoked weed. Like it wasn't drastically changed, but it was enough to where the seed was planted. And from that day forward, nothing was the same.
0: Wow, I always say that when I am on podcasts, like I'm here, of course, to share these amazing people with my community, but I'm also here to learn, right? Like I think we should always be learning, always be receiving, and always honestly staying in a willing space of being convicted, right? And as you're saying that, I'm thinking, holy cow, when's the last time I've just approached a child or a kid or an adult or anyone and said, hold on, come here. Stop everything you're doing. We need to have a conversation. I don't know that I've ever actually done that. And so that that right there, I just got convicted. There was my conviction moment. So thank you, Holy Spirit. I will, I will show up for you more often. But what an amazing thing and an understanding of that seed, right? And to understand that it doesn't necessarily have to be in this like crazy component or like jump in my car, I'm going to preach the gospel for an hour, but that we have an opportunity and an ability every single day to plant seeds. No matter what we're doing, no matter where we are, no matter how we're showing up, no matter who we're organized, like organized or unorganized, you yeah. get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So talk to us through. So now you're 23. You have one kiddo at this point. Two. Two. Two.
3: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. And, and still not necessarily with those moms.
3: Uh, so one mom. So I ended up uh, okay. marrying the girl. So okay. the, the brother who forced me to get saved. Yeah. Uh, I ended up getting her pregnant when I was 19 and Okay. Got, got married. And so, um, you know, married and, uh, you know, we got into church at about 23. We had our our second kid while we were there. And this the only kid that I like prayed about. And I, I was living a somewhat, you know, he wasn't a surprise by any means. He was. Yeah. Uh, we named him Ezra, by the way. Like, oh, I love her, that by, name. Uh, so, you know, we're in church and the church we were going to was like really militant in the way that they preached and not in a bad way, but, um, we were in church six days a week, like Monday through, you know, every, every day there was something, every day there was something. It was Monday's men group, Tuesday was outreach, Wednesday was a sermon, Thursday was like, uh, you know, home group Friday, we did concerts. And then Saturday we would do outreach, two sermons on Sunday, different sermons too, uh, but the goal of this church was to plant other churches. So the men and the, and the, the women in leadership, they were being built up to be pastors at some point. And uh, so while I was there, I think we were there for about two or three years. Um, I was learning the word cover to cover, uh, fasting, prayer, service, uh, speaking occasionally, sharing my testimony, things like that. And uh, the, the thing that kind of switched, right, is we would do these revivals every few months and we had a seven day revival. And the evangelist who was coming was this guy who was highly like respected across the church community. When he spoke to your life, like it happened, like an anointed evangelist, uh, who had the gift of prophetic. And so every night of this seven day revival, he would call one person up and he would speak into their life. Right. And so as people of the community, we're all praying like, God, we want a word from this man, because what he says comes to pass and it's 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 powerful well every night went by I'm fasting I'm praying and I'm seeing people getting blessed with finan- fi- uh, financial blessings like you know God's gonna move and I'm just like ah, that was mine like I needed that, <laughs> that was um, what I wanted yeah like that's what I wanted okay so you know there's still four days left you know there's three days left <laughs> and at the at the time I was building manufactured homes so I had two kids I was working in a factory no schooling no education um you know just just getting by just going to church working spending time with my family. So I really wanted this financial blessing. So night seven, the last night of the the deal, he calls me. Like I'm the guy who calls up and I'm just like, yes, here it goes. And so he calls me up there and he says, Andrew, uh, you know, you have been called to ministry. Uh, He said, you have words of gold and you're called to speak to millions of people about Jesus. And I was devastated. I was (laughs) was crushed because I never you know the way i grew up i never wanted to be in ministry i didn't want to be a pastor i didn't want to talk to millions of people about jesus and at the time it sounded crazy because this is like the age of my space so this isn't like instagram facebook tiktok this is my space where i i had like 12 friends and <laughs> like this i thought this guy lost his mind i thought he was crazy because he said millions of people. So no joke, We, I left the church like two or three weeks later. I, I left, I left.
0: <laughs> All right, quick interruption, but actually it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper, not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family, be a part of the foundation of what the Founder Collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ with Him as our Chief CEO, our Chief Cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly Founder Collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. You can go to foundercon.com. Again, that's thefoundercon.com. And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, Pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder, (laughs) he's going to come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly, the fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family, it's not just us. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in him as a founder in the Founder Collective. All right, I'm in hot with the next incredible man of God who is also tattooed. Okay, now I've got to find out if the next person that I'm introing is tattooed because this is too funny. Um, That has nothing to do with him, but clearly there's a vibe with this conference and it is not the religiosity of a Mm, I shouldn't say that they're not going to be a nice button-down shirt because all these men have some swagger. But you catch my drift. This is not about religion. This is about relationship and Austin's relationship since the beginning with me and his beautiful bride, Brianna, who you'll also get to meet. uh, It's just incredible. They have such a heart and Their ability for not only, which you're going to get to see featured as well, worship and the heart of worship and what that looks like to operate as a married couple in that state, in that place, but also... He's an incredible entrepreneur. He's a kingdom coach who is committed to helping you achieve high value influence, impact, and income. You love the alliteration. I know me too. And he's really been successful in marketing strategies that has been rooted in a decade of experience with leading and coaching and consulting. And so his breadth of knowledge is brilliant, and he is going to activate you in that way at the conference, and you'll get to worship alongside him too. So I might be ruining his fries, but if you're tuned in the podcast, you have already on the inside. So We hope you enjoy Austin Blanchfield. His bride is not featured here on the show, but she will be at the conference. So we're excited to have her as well. All right. Thanks for tuning in. So I'd love to hear, are there any other ways that you anchor your truth, your why, and your ability to keep on going even when you're in the midst of heartache or trial?
4: Yes. I, I love that. So thinking about just the impact or the results that people have experienced because of the way that you show up like that blessing, I often, um, I'll call them and I learned this from one of my mentors uh, within life on fire, actually, uh, they would call it your moment on fire. So I like to call them like your, your one moment, like your WON, your one moment that you experience where, uh, you can use that as your anchors, like before, like when you feel that heartbeat, right? Like we were talking about earlier that um heavy heartbeat or you're going to experience you know going on a podcast with Tamara andres with andres which is going to be awesome um you experience your one moment and you get into that state of like uh basically your one moment is a time in your life where it's like that mountaintop type experience where you've created a result where whether that's in somebody else's life or god really blessed you with a result or blessed you with a gift uh yourself and so I often like to anchor to that as well and like relive it. So one of the moments that I like to re- relive is just, I love sports. Um, it's kind of funny being a coach. Like I I, I absolutely love sports. Um, I, I <laughs> kind of dedicate, like my coaching journey was because of sports originally. Um, cool. But uh, anyways, um, it was just a moment that I experienced when I was younger uh, where my father Uh, right before a baseball game, kind of a little league major baseball game. I was pitching in the championship game and I was warming up in the bullpen, throwing ball after ball. And he can tell I was really, really nervous. Um, had those jitters, those butterfly jitters, right? He comes over and he writes on the inside of my wrist, A T D S. And I looked at him. I was like, what does that mean? A T D S what's that? And he says, Austin, the demon slayer, and he's like whenever he's like whenever you're on the mound i was really into video games vivid imagination he's like whenever you're on the mound i literally want you to visualize every time you throw a strike it's like you're conquering that demon you're conquering that fear you're slaying a demon every time you throw a strike i was like That's kind of cool. Please tell me you have that
0: tattooed on your actual body
4: right now. um, So I, I'm going to get that tattooed. I'm actually on my dad. He's, he's like an, he's pretty creative. He's very artistic. So he's going to draw up like ATDS, and then I'll get it tatted right on the inside of my wrist. Yeah. Um, so I would literally on the mound, I mean, talk about the power of visualization, like vision, like vision is so important. I'll, I'll hit a little bit more on vision here in a second, but, um, I would visualize I would just before my, before my throw, I would sit here with the mitt. Right. Um, and just take a moment, close my eyes, take a deep breath in and visualize me throwing a strike. And it's like a dagger kind of piercing a demon basically. Um, and literally just pitch after pitch, pitch, pitch after pitch. And it was just crazy. Awesome game. Won the game, won the game, won the game ball, scored the win, like just all sorts of crazy stuff. That was awesome. And it was stemmed from that. And so, um I just use this as an example like to uh, for for anyone to dial in on like their one and we have multiple one moments in sure. our life, but sure. uh, for this one, like I'll, what I'll do is before like uh, a talk you know a, a speaking engagement before an event uh before anything where I experience that heavy heartbeat where I know there's going to be this breakthrough, mm. I just get into that state where I literally stand like this, close my eyes, and just take a deep breath in, and that's it. And it gets, it gets Ooh, me into that, that. kind of elevated um, state to, to perform ultimately um, to where God is le- where God is leading me. So
0: Well, and I love yeah. that it was actually from your your father, like Ava, yeah. right? Like that's so good. And most little boys as men don't even have that connection point, so it's hard for them sometimes when we think about the love of our father and the intentionality of our father. And I could totally see God literally telling us, right? We have dominion. We are the head and not the tail. You are yeah. a demon slayer. Like that is so cool. And what a testimony yeah. for your dad to hold on to as a memory for one of his one moments. Right. I told you before yeah. we jumped on that I had just gotten um, back from Atlanta for my son's first like international Bra- Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament. Um, he's done many tournaments, but never to this caliber. And I, he was in his bullpen and I was just watching his nerves and the breath work that he was practicing and the visualization that he was practicing. And we always um, talk about him being like our little David because he's surely the smallest in so many ways. And yet he is a warrior. He wins. Hmm. He won all three of his matches based on subs and like submissions for a little guy like that. I think people underestimate his size. And this is truly for somebody who's listening is like, there are going to be plenty of people that underestimate you. And there might be times that you even underestimate you. And what Austin and I are talking about and so passionate about is like, It's a step of obedience. It's a step of obedience to step onto the mound. It's a step of obedience for Cooper to step onto the mat. It's a step of obedience for you to go live. It's a step of obedience for you to actually say out loud what it is that you want to become. You might not be there yet, but if you want to be a world champion, if you want to have a million followers, the only way that you're ever going to get there is if you get one, right? And so I just love I love being removed from the numbers game, but knowing that numbers, because we serve a God of multiplication, are going to blow your mind when you're willing to be obedient. Yeah, it's that's really so good. good. That's
4: that's good. That's really good, and it, it kind of ties back into I think really the importance of vision. Like, yeah, God, God will give us a vision, and right. He doesn't give us all those details. But what we can do is we can take that vision. And apply it to the the GPS strategy, yeah. and really just be bold in taking that next step. Like I, I feel like there's so many um, entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs where they get caught up in that vision, yeah. and it does it leaves them stuck. It leaves them paralyzed because it's like God is calling me to this very grand, great, huge vision. Yeah. What? How do I even go? How do I ever go there? Yeah. How do I ever go there? Like,
0: she said, I just want to like sit at your feet and learn everything because you're doing, you're living my dream. And I said, Oh, no, I'm not. And she just like kind of froze and she's like, No, you are. Like, I want to be a writer and a speaker. And I, I, I was like, That's awesome. But just as Mother Teresa said in this book, we are unrepeatable. Like, literally, you cannot repeat this moment. You can't. And when I heard that, I'm like, wow, how simple and yet how profound. We say we're unreplaceable, irreplaceable as people. And I believe that too. There's no DNA that has ever been like your DNA. And so it's necessary for us to realize the power of our purpose. All right. So I don't know if I am, I can't find his tattoos. <laughs> so, Stephen, you are either a covered up tattooed. Entrepreneur, pastor, marketplace minister, whatever you want to call it. Or I have to ask if you have a tattoo next time. Regardless, I am so excited because you are tatted by Jesus Christ Himself. He is all over you, all over the way that you love people, your humility, which I know people are going to hear through this. Um, What I love most about him is the way he engages with people so intricately, intimately, and also in his demeanor, which I think is rare for a man, and we talk about this in the show, is um, it's so inviting. I, I just know that that's like such a heartbeat and it's amazing because he's the venue host. So literally, Steven Scoggins International, when you walk through the building and you see the incredible setup that we're going to be underneath and working in and the technology, which I'm geeking out over from the virtual stages to the other platforms to the main stage tech to just overall the vibe and energy of the space that's also used as a church he gifts to on Sunday. So oh gosh, there's so much about him I could share. But it's mind-blowing and amazing. And when I had him on my podcast, I initially had him on here just to say thank you and wanted to get to know him more and have him on the show. I also heard him speak at Amberly Lago's event, who is also a fan fave of mine. Love her so much. Um, But I I was like, whoa, we need this genius in the room. He talks about scaling and becoming an unstoppable eight-figure entrepreneur. And you know, you hear from other people and you're like, I don't know, am I just starting? If you hear eight figures and you're just getting into that five figure months or six figure months or seven figure, please don't let this hinder you because I don't know about you, but I want to raise my hand to every time that there's a mentor ahead of me that can teach me his genius. And so he is incredible in understanding how to Uh, have your competitive edge? What does that look like? How to help you have an eight-figure mindset even before you get there because we know you can't break through until you have that. How do you start and scale? So he's been there as well. He's done it multiple times with different companies. And also... Um, like the speaking realm. And so I can't wait to see what he actually brings around the eight-figure mindset and how you can gather it throughout the conference. That's really my heartbeat is that that you have something that you can take home that is truly tactical. He's gonna help us conquer limiting beliefs connected to that, which we know a lot of people speak into, um, but we want it to be very educational for you all. So it's going to be in workshop style format. We'll have workbooks in front of us. We'll be doing gathering cohorts together at the tables. Uh, Really want this to be like a mastermind of masterminds of faith-driven entrepreneurs. So I will stop talking so you can hear the incredibly wise Stephen Scoggins. Well, we're so grateful to have you. So let's go to that space, that place where I, it's at the forefront of your bio of being uh, homeless, and yeah. and what was that like, and how have you come to overcome, and what was that journey? I'm just so curious.
1: Yeah, you know what's really interesting is uh, I feel like my early upbringing and childhood is very similar to a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, in that they're it's not ideal. Yeah. Um, broken home, parents in different locations, raised by my grandmother. At nine years old, I was forced to basically step up really quickly and help my grandmother take care of herself.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, she taught me how to basically use water—basically anything I could make with water: grits, uh, <laughs> macaroni and cheese, hot dogs, or whatever oatmeal. It's
0: a good um, grandma. I began to
1: make with a with Lily with a chair pulled up to the stove at nine years old. So wow. for those that have nine-year-olds, imagine them cooking you dinner every night. <laughs> um kind of thing and uh take care of my little brother and that's kind of where like life shift kind of started yeah and from there to about 17 it was a very 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 rocky road uh, once my grandmother passed away I went to with my father I immediately went into construction um nights weekends holidays if, it, if we didn't have to be at school I was on a construction site somewhere um I was carrying studs for 25 cents uh 25 cents a piece and then I carried so many that they then changed my compensation to a dollar an hour I think I got gypped. Just putting that ah! out there. <laughs> um, my, that was my first entrepreneurial mistake. and uh, yeah. no, I mean, it, But I learned a lot. I, I met yeah. my first mentor there who believed in me. Um, and when I was forced to drop out of high school at 17 to help my family pay the bills, yeah. uh, he gave me a radical chance to change my life. He put me into business for myself. And I did what a lot of 19-year-old kids do at that point in time. I made a bunch of money. I blew a bunch of money. And I had nobody to blame but myself. Yeah. Long story short. so. Yeah. You know, as I'm kind of going through all of this transition and whatnot, I ended up in a very severe state of depression, um, forcing me to end, end up, well, I say forcing me. I chose to walk off a job site, walk away from that opportunity, and within seven or eight months, I was uh, trying to figure out where I could sleep and yeah. uh, trying to figure out how I was going to eat and try to figure out how I was going to have shelter. And I was probably three months in, three, four months into that journey, and then found myself at a um, gym. I, had, I managed to keep my $20 a month gym membership at home. <laughs>
0: priorities <laughs> hashtag yeah, priorities, right? priorities. <laughs>
1: um and that's where I would take showers and get cleaned up so yeah. the vast majority of my friends and the family they didn't have any clue what was going on yeah um, but I had this moment where I just looked up and happened to catch my eyes like something out of the movies and I was just like dude what the heck are you doing yeah like all this kind of stuff and about that time I had all these memories from this guy Steve Meyer, my first mentor the guy that I literally had just prodigal son moment all over you know kind of with you know yeah. the guy gave me everything and I you know totally did totally did that poorly and um, at that point in my life, I, I was actually a professing atheist because I couldn't understand why I was going through so much suffering, and my family was going through so much suffering, yeah. if God was indeed real. <clears throat> and that led me to a, um, a spiritual encounter. Let's just say um, that was very real to me, so real that uh, it's something I can't shake. Yeah. Um, while cleaning a litter box, um, I went through a, a season of trying to empty the litter box, and the handle breaks, and then the trash bag tears, and. Next thing I know, much like Jacob with an angel, I'm read, I'm wrestling with God at the top of my ye- at the top of my lungs, yelling, and I keep this in mind, instinctively yelling at the top of my lungs at the ceiling, at a God that doesn't exist, God I didn't, to God I didn't yes. believe in, right?
0: Yes.
1: And um, I uttered these oh, words, crazy. and it changed my life. I said, "Well, if you're so blankety blank real, why don't you prove it?" Mm-hmm. And uh, something took my legs out from under me. I was pinned to the floor. Whoa. And um, as you can imagine, I was not expecting a response. Um, (laughs) Right,
0: right, right. That was not how you saw that happening.
1: um, And then um, something inside of my chest just started feeling really super hot.
0: Mm.
1: And about that time, I just heard a quiet whisper and it was auditory to me, but it may not have, I don't know if it was because I was the only one there. Sure, sure. Um, But it was like, Are you ready to surrender? Are you ready to surrender yet? And something kind of, it was super subtle, super firm, but super loving, super warm. and um, I don't know about you, but if you're pinned to the floor, you can't get up, you can't move. I mean, I don't know that I really had a choice, but not to surrender or surrender. But uh, I chose at that moment to give my life to Jesus, and I never looked back. And about a week later, um, while on a construction site um, that I wasn't supposed to be on because I got a second chance, I had to face the man that put me in the business for myself. And uh, without telling a very long story, essentially, he gave me a second chance I didn't deserve. And I built all the trash or all the equipment and stuff that I needed to start the following Monday uh, out of the trash piles or on site. Because in that quiet moment, going back to the litter box, once I did surrender, it was that same entity, that same voice, Holy Spirit, Jesus. Um, I actually actually saw a white glow. Um, It wasn't, I couldn't make out features or whatever, but it was a very bright white glow. Um, Said, okay, I'll bless you and lo and behold that trash pile moment that conversion within a week or so of each other uh turned into last year that one business did eight figures in top line revenue. well did 80 million in top line revenue um, just with that one company employees 63 salary folks 382.99s, 99s operates in multiple states um has, has managed to allow me to have the freedom and the Um, resources to build a live event center that you've seen and been part of. And I'm excited to host you guys in the near future as well. So uh, that's kind of like the early crazy part. So people say, well, how did you become homeless? Yeah. Uh, The easy answer is, is I was arrogant. I was prideful and I wouldn't listen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that arrogance, that pridefulness and stuff like that, that unwillingness to listen uh, is what keeps us from God's, what God's got planned for us. And a telltale sign of this is Saul and David, right? Yes. Saul created an environment where every, he wanted everyone to serve him. Yep. Where David created an environment, all he wanted to do was serve, serve the Lord. Else. And yeah. I was talking to a, a pastor recently, had him on a podcast, and he was like, "Why do you think that is?" I said, "Well, pastor, I said you got to realize that uh, David, even though he was a king, he wasn't made a king in the palace. He was made a king in a cave. Yes, right." So. I say all that to say that no matter what anybody from your audience is facing, no matter what challenges they're going through, no matter what they think unsurmountable mountains in front of them, whether they don't know their identity, they're not congruent with themselves or whatever that is. Yeah. If you will just surrender and shift, it'll all be okay.
0: Mm. Well, we hope each of those incredible golden nuggets allowed you to really understand the breadth of information and application that's gonna take place at this conference. We again hope and encourage that you will get your ticket today, whether virtual or in person at thefoundercom.com. I can assure you whether you're at home and you're bringing people together to experience this or you're fully immersed in Raleigh, North Carolina, you are going to leave forever changed. Last year, we had 13 unexpected baptisms. We had seven supernatural healing. So obviously getting in the room is extra special. We had two marriage proposals that happened that weekend. One unexpected marriage proposal. We had zero idea and it happened on stage. And I've since had the joy of officiating their wedding. And so we cannot wait to celebrate the nuptials of people because this fully immersive opportunity is not just about your business. It's the business of being a kingdom entrepreneur and a legacy lever, And so again, go to foundercon.com, thefoundercon.com. Get your tickets today. If you have any additional questions, you know where to find us, but ultimately let's show up for one another because together when we show up as the body of Christ, we operate like-heartedly, like-mindedly, and like-handedly, which you're gonna hear more about at the show, then you will understand what it's like to make and be a founder.